Welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 630. And together, this and every week, we're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, and more as I take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between here on the podcast, my weekly live video on Facebook every Wednesday night, community books, audio tours, blog, and more. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and find everything else at www.radio.com. So this week, I'm going to open up the inbox and answer more of your questions about topics, including the return of parades to the park, a park hopping guide, resort hopping, the Swan and Dolphin, Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary celebration, the story and details of Liberty Square, Disney Cruise Line placeholders, the best park to go with infants and some strategies, and much more. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for information, updates, and your voicemails. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. It's time once again to open up the mailbag and answer your questions to help you plan, prepare, and help you decide where to go, what to do, where to eat, and the how, what, when, why, and what's new about Disney details, planning, history, trivia, and anything that you like. And joining me once again to help answer your emails is fresh off of her super secret cameo in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. She's at the bar during the Zemo dance scene is Becky Mankin from MEI. She is the power broker from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Oh my. Uh, um, I thought you were going to turn me into the Elaine dance there for a second, but uh, <laughs> thank you for not. Spoiler alert. But I think. <laughs> what? What? The, the Elaine dance at the at the bar? I don't know what your problem is. Just. <laughs> this is going to be just full of giggles, isn't well, it? Well, and, and look, unfortunately, Becky, the, um, the the theme of this week's show, despite your assistance otherwise, is not ten top 10 places to get your Zemo groove on in Walt Disney World. Instead, we are going to let 
our friends, the listeners, dictate what the topics are going to be about because we need to get off of this dance party discussion. Just for the fun of it, Sharon is not the power broker. I, I truly believe that. You need to say at least say spoiler alert before you start throwing that kind of stuff that, out there. That is it's just Becky, my opinion. BECI totally... at MEI-travel.com. It is my opinion. They have not said if she is or is not. It is my opinion. That is the train I'm on along with Mephisto, which never came out, but I'm still on the train. <laughs> Zemo is so. Mephisto. It's going it, to, Mephisto is going <laughs> to show up eventually. All right. Well, listen, we have to move right. on. We have got Fine. to move on. And as you know, I do not send you these questions. We don't look at these questions in advance. I am just going to literally crack open the inbox and we are just going to go with it and see where it it's takes terrifying. us. And it's the, totally terrifying. Yeah, which is sort of what makes it more fun. The first yeah. question comes from Alexa. And all of you who have Alexas, I apologize. Alexa from St. Louis says, Lou, I am a longtime listener to the show. Loved the recent music of Magic Kingdom two-parter. Looking forward to more of these for the other parks. This got me thinking. I know right now there's no parades and Disney is doing the shorter cavalcades. But the parade music from Festival of Fantasy to Spectro Magic and Main Street Electrical is my absolute favorite. I love the parades, and now I'm nervous that they're not going to bring them back after the parks return to their new normal. So what are yours and Becky's thoughts on parades returning? Additionally, do you ever think that we'll see a nighttime parade in Magic Kingdom again? I have such fond memories of experiencing those with my family Thank you so much for all you do. Alexa from St. Louis. Becky, let me just um, bring you up to speed. Parades are those things that you avoid because they are surrounded by like wow. children just. In... I know. It's going to be that par- kind of day, isn't it? It's you're not totally a big parade goer. But so, so listen, we, we talk, and I know you have not seen in person yet the wonderful little cavalcades in each of the parks. But right. to answer Alexa's question, what do you think? I mean, when when we start to get to a point where, you know, and I know new normal is sort of the new buzzword, but when we get back to what this is going to eventually end up being and, and the face coverings come off and the plexiglass comes down, do you expect parades to come back? Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe that especially I, I think we will see a nighttime parade. It has to come back. That is one of those things where it's extra special. It's a big guest satisfier. Um, I think it will come back. But in the meantime, it it'll depends on how long it's going to be, too. I haven't seen the cavalcades in person. However, I've seen a lot of the, the videos and the live streams of them. And I kind of adore them. I, I think that having that little... Uh, surprise and delight that just kind of shows up and the characters are, are there waving at you um, without the crowd and without having to wait 30 or minutes or, or an hour beforehand to wait for the parade. I would really like to see a healthy mix of the two. Personally, I think that that would be a, a nice um, addition for some of the things to hold over. I think the cavalcades would be one, but the nighttime parades have been so popular and so magical and there's a lot of great theming that they can do around uh, the parades in general, but I am a big fan of the nighttime ones and I hope they come back. Yeah. And I agree with everything that you said, including look, I, I, again, I think that there was opportunity from adversity. I think that the cavalcades, there's a lot of positive that has come out of those. And I would actually love to see those return in addition to 
you know, Festival of Fantasy coming back and maybe a, a Hollywood Studios parade, certainly a nighttime parade would, I, I think, I think plans were already in place for a nighttime parade to mm-hmm. come to Magic Kingdom. Uh, how the pandemic has slowed or accelerated those plans, we don't know. But as someone who grew up with Main Street Electrical Parade and then eventually Spectral Magic and then Main Street Electrical Parade again, I would mm-hmm. love to see those come back. I would love to see them also expand parades to some of the other parks. When we talked about the music of Epcot, we talked about Tapestry of Nations and Tapestry of Dreams. And while Epcot, specifically World Showcase, will likely never see a parade like that again, just because of the promenade, the way it is laid out now, and and with all of the kiosks that are almost a permanent fixture. But I think both Animal Kingdom and Disney's Hollywood Studios are ripe for a new parade. I'll also direct you back, Alexa, um, to go and anyone else to go back to show 495, where we talk about the lost parades of Walt Disney World and some of the parades that we miss from our childhood and adulthood, like the Stars and Motor Cars Parade and the um, the, the Hollywood Holiday Parade, both at um, at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Stars and Motor Cars was super cool because all yeah. of the themed and accessorized cars that used to go down um, Hollywood Boulevard were really super cool and very much fit in the theme of Hollywood studios. Yeah. I can't imagine doing Halloween without the booty you parade either. I really, really love that. So hopefully we'll see him yeah. sooner rather than later. I'll maybe I'll put, I'll put a question in the clubhouse, uh, our group on Facebook, www.com slash clubhouse. What is your favorite extinct or i'm going to put current and air quotes parade ever at walt disney world and we'll see we'll do maybe we'll do a little informal poll and see what everyone's favorite parade is or was or what might be coming all right next uh is from alexandra smith who says my birthday is coming up and i wanted to go to disney for a day with my husband and 10 month old we're kind of in melbourne Florida locals with annual passes, but haven't been to the parks in a while because of the pandemic. I'm trying to decide if we should go to Hollywood Studios for a day or Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom is my favorite part, but we haven't been to Galaxy's Edge. This will be our first time going with the baby, so it will be a very different experience. There are more attractions we could take the baby on at Animal Kingdom, but not being able to ride so many things could really force us to slow down and explore all the details at Galaxy's Edge. Let me know what you think. Alexa, this is an interesting and a wonderful conundrum that you face because of all the reasons that you set forth. Um, I, I think my well, as I was reading the question, I started to lean towards Disney's Animal Kingdom. And then the more I read the question, I started to lean towards Disney's Hollywood Studios. Becky, where do you think if they have one day, husband and wife haven't been to the parks in a while with a 10-month-old baby? I would really kind of lean towards Animal Kingdom as well, because she did say that it was her favorite park. And if you're going to return after being not being there for a while, it might be neat to um, to have that experience of going back into the park that you love the most. And there's more things to do with the with the child in Animal Kingdom as well. I, I think that uh, Galaxy's Edge and Hollywood Studios is a wonderful park. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot to do there. But... Um, I don't know. I'm feeling kind of nostalgic on myself right now because I'm hoping to be able to return to Walt Disney World here soon. And I, I'm just looking forward to walking into the gates of the, of the park that I love the most. And 
um, I might, I might lean that direction. So I'll do a little point counterpoint from the old Saturday Night Live <laughs> days in the seventies, and, and I'll I'll make my case. Although I have no horse in race, I'll make my case for Disney's Hollywood Studios as somebody who took my daughter for the first time. She was about seven months old, understanding that she wasn't going to understand anything, be able to ride on a lot of things. It was it was more for us and the memories of of taking her for her first time having her in the parks, uh, taking pictures, but also the ability for us to do certain things. And Disney is so great in terms of baby swap and some of the different options. And I think if you haven't seen Galaxy's Edge, I would honestly lean more towards Galaxy's Edge and Disney's Hollywood Studios. I think one, you need to see that park. You can and should slow down. I think that land is an attraction without having to ride a single attraction. But if you can do baby swap and both of you get on rise or even one or both of you get on smugglers run, just being able to explore that land, you can take your baby prop. I believe you could take your baby on runaway railway and some of the other attractions. And I think that there's a lot to do just in the park at, at Disney's Hollywood studios. But again, I would be very curious and would love to hear you not just you, Alexandra, but you, the listener, in terms of what your opinion would be. Which park would you recommend Alexandra, her husband, and 10-month-old go? I'll post this question in the clubhouse, too. Hmm. Yeah, I get that, and I, I can see where you're going there, because if you haven't seen Galaxy's Edge, you can walk through and enjoy it. I I understand that. The baby swap is a opportunity if if you can get it i guess the question would be is when they're going to go if it's going to be in the next couple of months it's still kind of difficult to get on any of these attractions without fast pass and without you'll be standing in line for quite a while since fast pass hasn't returned yet but if we're talking that they're returning in 2022 when hopefully or or later on this year that may not be a factor so i think that the ability to have fast pass and what the current crowds are or the levels in the parks would also might change my my leaning to Hollywood Studios. But I think still I'm going to be on the Animal Kingdom side. I'm going to really confuse you, Alexandra, and give you a third option because I noticed that you're an <laughs> annual pass holder. So why don't you do Hollywood <clears throat> Studios in the morning for a couple of hours at two o'clock? You can do park hopping and park hopping has not been uh, I have not seen anybody get restricted from a park after two. So do one park in the morning, depending on what time Disney's Animal Kingdom closes. Maybe you want to do that later on at night when it's a little bit cooler. That probably isn't helpful because you've literally gotten one Animal <laughs> well, Kingdom, one Hollywood <coughs> Studios, and one but wait a minute. both. That actually isn't a bad idea because if you do Animal Kingdom in the, in the morning as your first park, enjoy everything that that has to offer. Galaxy's Edge is pretty cool to walk through at night. Yeah. So they both are, you, yeah, they're both beautiful yeah, at night. So they are, but I, I think Galaxy's Edge is pretty cool at night. If, if I wanted to see it for the very first time, it's almost like um, Radiator Springs in California. The first time you see it, seeing it night is actually much more impressive than seeing it in the daytime. Becky, I just realized that might be our least helpful answer ever. <laughs> I think that she probably had that internal argument and was looking for someone to push her okay, one way or the night. So. Here we go. Here's I'm I'm gonna own it and just say Animal Kingdom in the morning, park hop to Hollywood Studios at night, you're done. You know, Epcot is beautiful this time of year. <laughs> 
right. But yeah, if you need dinner, then start at Epcot or breakfast. Look, yeah. the, the really the decision really comes down to: Do you want a Thule Canteen or a Ronto Wrap? Oh, that, that's it. Let that be your deciding. And I'm not kidding. Let that be your deciding factor. That's not a bad idea, actually. Now I'm hungry. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, Christine Vine says, hungry. "Hey Lou and Becky." Not even with a question mark. We're <gasps> I like down this person already. Wait, this, you're going to like this one. This is what caught my eye. We're heading okay. down to the promised <clears throat> land this month. Thanks to MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Woo-hoo! Seriously, can't say enough good things about the experience with MEI. They've saved us so they saved us so much money and were so easy and fun to work with. Aww. Huge props to Sue Passauer. Awesome. In the era of COVID, I understand. Oh, here, park hopping is a little bit more complicated. We know we have to have a park reservation each day, but how can we hop to a second park after that? Thanks for all you do. My husband and I have listened to the show religiously for 10 years, and you helped brighten many gray days. Lou, we will raise a soy-glazed pork shank to you from the Japan Pavilion (laughs) kiosk. Becky, we will raise a cocktail or four to you from the Enchanted Rose Stay well, Christine. Christine, thank you. Huge hugs and props to to Sue Passauer. Not just a wonderful MEI agent, but a longtime friend as well. Uh, all right, so let's talk about this this um, the the park hopping and how it works as we record today in the middle of April 2021, where the park pass reservation system is still in place. I believe this is going to be in place. For a while, um, as is the current park hop system, which they say is going to be in place until early 2022. That might change as uh, time and crowds change. But you are required, as normal, to make a theme park pass reservation for a single park before you have the option to switch to a second park. It's really important, and and I know some people have tried to sort of circumvent this a a number of different ways. It's really important to remember that you must scan in to that first park in order to validate your park entry. Without that, you cannot do park hopping. That is what enables park hopping. Now, you don't need a reservation for any other park or parks that you want to visit, And you also, you can't book a a second park pass reservation, which I know has confused some people who have tried to make a second reservation, not realizing that once you have that first reservation, if there is availability, you can go to a second park. And something else I think people don't realize is right now there is no limit into the number of parks that you can visit with park hopping. So theoretically, you could make a theme park pass reservation for Magic Kingdom, go there in the morning, and after two o'clock, you can park hop to the other three passes. If you, if you, to the other three parks, if you like, and return back to Magic Kingdom as long as none of them have reached capacity. The only thing that I that I will say in consideration, because I know it is still, you know, the the big e ticket attraction is, if you want to ride Rise of the Resistance you have to book Disney's Hollywood Studios as your first park. Because park hopping doesn't start at two, You the, the second boarding group is at one. So you have to be um, in that park and scan into that park before you can, um, if you want to try and ride 
Rise of Resistance. Um, and if you are concerned about what parks might be uh, booked, although I have not seen that be an issue, you can go to Guest Relations. You can call 407-560-5000. They'll tell you. And also keep in mind that park-to-park bus service uh, starts, I, th- I think, an hour or two before. I think it starts at 12 or 1. So if you want to go from one park to the other, that is when the the bus service begins, although you could also take Skyliner and private transportation as well. Right. The, the two things that are confusing people the most <clears throat> is not realizing that they have to go to that first park. Um, a lot of people are just going, oh, I'll just grab this reservation at Magic Kingdom and then I'll I'll hop over to, but you have to go to the park that you've got the reservation. The second thing that we're running into a lot is people thinking that they can make a dining reservation and that will guarantee them to get into the park, which is not the case. So uh, I was working with a, a client the other day and they were like, well, how do I do this? And should I make a reservation then park hop over it? It's not a guarantee that you're going to be able to park hop. Um, However, it's likely, but it's not a guarantee at this time. So if you really want to eat in that one restaurant, make sure you have the park reservation for that restaurant. Yeah, and we'll see how this might, you know, this isn't ever changing. Yeah, it's summertime crowds and when they start to expand the the percentage of people that are allowed in, that might you know everything is certainly subject to change, which is important to either go to guest relations or have that park hopping phone line saved in your phone. So while you're walking around one park, you could just sort of make a call and find out just to ensure that you can easily park hop to a second. Um, yeah, I think I think um, the the big thing with this time period is just keep on top of the information because I think it's going to change. It's going to change back and forth quickly as there are um, changes in capacity, changes in rules, changes in, and how they're going with the flow. So just keep on top of the info. Yeah. Yeah. It's very important. You know, we we've said in the past how a Walt Disney world vacation is unlike anywhere else that you go on the planet in terms of the planning and preparation and knowledge that you need to have uh, on uh, ahead of time. Um, and certainly even now, as it is an ever changing environment, you need to, that's why, you know, I think they've done just as a quick aside, I think they've done an exceptional job with the, my Disney experience app, the push notifications mm-hmm. and the communications with guests as well, keeping them apprised of all the changes as they happen. And of course, she can also just text Sue if she has any questions. So let's, and thank you, by the way, for the shout out for Sue. That is amazing. And we appreciate your support. So moving on, this is, Mike Allen has a very serious question. So uh, put your, put your thinking on because it says, hey, Lou and Becky, of course, I've got a question. It says, I've got a question for you guys. You talk a lot about the best sushi on property the best burger on property, et cetera, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. But I don't hear much about the best Greek food on property. It's my favorite type of food. Becky's like, what? And I'm wondering where you would recommend if I wanted to get some. Love what you do. So happy my friend sent me your podcast. It has kept my spirits up during these strange times and has renewed my love for Disney. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Can't wait. For the top 10 lounge show, you must. Hey. Hey. Yes. (laughs) Mike Allen. So, Mike, this is a great question. You had me at 
best food on property. You know, it's interesting that you talk about the best Greek food, because as soon as you said that, the first thing that came to mind was Cuisina, may you rest in peace, the Cat Cora restaurant that operated from about 2009 to 2014 or so, which was replaced by the Trattoria Al Forno on the boardwalk. Cuisina uh, had really good uh, Greek and fresh Mediterranean food, although there are some places off property. I know that's not really what you're thinking. Really, the only Greek food per se I would think about would be during the Food and Wine Festival. Um, the Greek right. kiosk, the Greek marketplace has been a staple for a number of years, as well as some of the dishes. Like They have a, a loaded Greek nacho, which I know is very uh, popular, which has um, the meatless sauce. I remember it has the meatless sausage, which you would not know is meatless unless hmm. you read. And they also had a, it's it's called like, um, uh, it's like a sampler platter. It's like a taste of grease that has uh, souvlaki and feta cheese and um, uh, lamb sausage, I believe. There's always spanakopita there, which is delicious and I love. And um, I don't remember what the what the dessert was. So other than food and wine festival, there really aren't any places I can think of on property. There's the fresh Mediterranean grill at the Swan and Dolphin, but they don't really have any Greek dishes per se. This is a reason why, by the way, we have to get a Greece pavilion in World Showcase just for the food and the architecture. It's all about the food. <laughs> food first, architecture. Come for the food, stay for the architecture. That's. I think that's the very first time that, that somebody has thrown out a, a type of food and I couldn't immediately think of a restaurant in, in Disney World because they've covered it so well. And the only place that I could even remember was one of the kiosks at, yeah. at um, Food Wine. So, huh. Well, you know, when the conversation comes up, as it does every year pretty much about – what new pavilion would you like to see in World Showcase? Greece is always one that is and it's constantly mentioned. Um, and I think it's architecturally and historically and culturally would be a wonderful addition and from a culinary spec- perspective as well. And I think based on the popularity of the Greek kiosk during the Food and Wine Festival, you can see that there is a, an interest and real love for that type of food as well. Or we could just go to Greece. There's that too. Yes. <laughs> Another Greece thing been, for the list. Yeah. And it's been word. on my list for a long time. So Greece is the word. Is Stop the it. Word. All right. It's moving the... on. Johnny Pascarello says, hey, Lou, I'm a longtime listener and fan. Johnny, you're a friend, not a fan. You know that. All of you are. Just one question that hasn't been clear, and I'm not sure you've experienced it yet, but I leave, believe that I read that you must have a dining reservation to visit a resort in order to reduce park hopping, uh, re- reduce resort hopping. Do you know if that's correct? If so, what if a guest wants to just visit a lounge or quick service at one of the resorts? Would that allow a guest to then visit the resort? Hopefully you're doing well. Thanks for keeping us all informed during this crazy time. Johnny, my friend, thank you very much. This, Becky, this, this is an interesting question because this too is one that is not necessarily articulated in black and white somewhere and is sort of a, um, it, it as with many things, it, it's sort of ever-changing and sometimes ever-changing on almost a day-to-day basis. 
I, I was going to ask because I am not sure what it stands today because it has changed back and forth with the policy. So the last time that I was told officially was that, yes, you still had to have a reservation um, to to go to a resort. Now, has that changed? So, uh, again, in April 2021, in a, you know, in a, in a COVID world, there has, as a local, there has been an apparent um, cracking down on the ability to just drive up to a resort, as you have been able to in the past, drive up to a resort and say, hey, I want to go in, take pictures, I'm going to go to the counter service locations. They have been more vigilant in terms of requiring you to have a, uh, a sit-down dining reservation. Uh, I know some people have... You know, you can do mobile order, so you might want to go and pick up food from Contempo Cafe. You go up to the guard gate and show, hey, I have food I'm going in to pick up. I understand that has been cracked down a little bit on, too, because some people, on look, this is why we can't have nice things. Some people are like, I need to go in and pick up my water. And, you know, they park at the Contemporary <laughs> for what ends up being like $4 to, to walk to Magic Kingdom. So there has been a little bit of crackdown, but but... Sometimes, you know, depending on if it's a if it's a Tuesday night, you might be able to say, hey, I just want to go into the Wave Lounge at 8 o'clock at night, and that's okay. You might have a tougher time if you're trying to do that at 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, it, it's it's. I know I'm giving you a, a non-specific answer because I'm unable to give you a specific answer. I believe the policy is that you still need to have a dining reservation. Um, some resorts are a little bit more vigilant uh, about that as others and, you know, trying to do the workaround with, you know, trying to order uh, a cupcake or a cookie or a water is not the way you're supposed to be doing it because you're trying to circumvent what the rules are. Um, but I, I think it sometimes yeah. depends on the day and how crowded things are, et cetera. Yeah. I did just find it um, officially on the know before you go area that says um, a confirmed dining reservation is required for day guests who aren't staying overnight and it's highly recommended for guests staying overnight. So yeah, it looks like that is currently the, the official case. It's been very hard as a local. Um, It's been very difficult as a local sometimes to just, you know, say, I'm going to take my family. I'm going to go meet up a bunch of friends and we're going to go to a, lounge at a resort or one of the quick service locations, which I know as a local, I like to go to, I like going to wilderness lodge and, and going, you know, and, and eating there and meeting friends for lunch. And sometimes it's difficult and, and sometimes it's not. And hopefully as time goes on, that will be a little bit more relaxed, but um, Johnny, like follow the guidelines, do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, Meg has a question says, Hey Lou, I am a nurse. Thank you for all you do. And I was looking at possibly staying at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin with the nurse discount. Mm -hmm. So smart. Number of questions. One, have you stayed at the Swan? And I'll take the, you know what, Becky, we'll do these one at a time because she has a few. Have you stayed at the Swan and Dolphin? If so, which do you prefer? Have you stayed at the Swan? Are you looking at me for that? I'm looking at you. Okay. You know what? Actually, I have not stayed at the Swan and Dolphin. I know. Look at that face. I have not. I um, don't believe it. We have yeah, to I've, fix that. 
Becky, they're the most comfortable beds on property. I know. It's like the heavenly beds. Never used to be. But uh, now that it's Marriott instead of what it was they're before. They're still heavenly-ish. Uh, you know, I've I have looked at it several times. I haven't had the opportunity to stay there. And yeah, I do need to fix that, as a matter of fact. Um, it. it it's very popular and we have booked a lot of clients there, especially for those discounts because they do have the educator discounts and the nurse discounts and so forth, which is, you know, the location, you can't beat the location um, right there. Easy to get to Hollywood studios, easy to get on the boat and go to Epcot. Um, and the price is yeah. really reasonable considering the competitors that are right there in the area from the Disney hotels, Swan and Dolphin can definitely be a leg up. And, um, yeah, I, I do need to go. They also have military discounts too. They yeah. have recently done an entire resort wide renovation to not just all of the common areas, but all of the rooms as well. They're building, the Swan Reserve, which will be open, I believe, later this year. You you ask or ask about dining. We'll get to that too. Um, you also mentioned the nurse discounts, education discounts. There's also military discounts as well. So, um, and I think you get a lot for your money there for the reasons that you articulated. The rooms are really big. They have great views. Um, location, location, location is key. She says, does it still feel like a Disney hotel. So this is where I'm going to mm -hmm. say it feels like a Disney hotel in terms of level of service. It does not feel like a Disney hotel in terms of theming. Um, right. It does feel like a Marriott, a Starwood, a Westin hotel. It does have a little bit more. And I, I don't want to say corporate feel to it because I think it, it gives a, the wrong impression. They are still, warm and welcoming and beautiful inside, but there is really no sprinkle of Disney on top. You can be in that lobby and forget that you were in Walt Disney World, which for some people, Becky, that is a pro as much as it is for other people a con. They might want to be at Disney World, but they don't want, they want a little bit of escape from that feeling all the time. There are some people that, that you know, obviously if you're coming down for, Business reasons, they love the fact that it is a convention hotel. I have been to conventions. I've spoken at conventions there. Um, they have great facilities. But if you're looking for, um, you know, Disney theming everywhere, you're really not going to find that other than in, uh, you know, the stores that they have in the lobby where you can get uh, Disney souvenirs, Disney merchandise. And I believe you can still get Disney park tickets as well. Yeah, it kind of feels like a good neighbor hotel from because it kind of is from that pr perspective. And if it wasn't as close or in property as it as it is uh, for its location, that's how it feels. You have a little Disney store in there, and you can get the tickets. You you have a um, you have the guest services that are available there. But like you said, it's it does not have that full on theming that you uh, that you enjoy uh, from from the Disney resorts. But then again you're also paying a fraction of the cost right. too of a, a Disney deluxe resort. And I was looking at the, uh, the Disney world Swan reserve, which is supposed to open in July of, of 21. Um, I'm kind of excited about that to see what they've done uh, since the, the other resorts were, were built uh, kind of putting together a, a location from the, the Swan perspective but catering to the, the current um, palette of the, the Disney World visitor. Rooftop dining. Yeah. Rooftop dining. 
You know, that's the thing, isn't it? It kind of is a kind of a popular thing it's to, to a throw a deal. lounge in a. In yeah. <laughs> and I and I will tell you, when I lived in New Jersey and I came down, I stayed at the Swan and Dolphin probably more often than I stayed almost anywhere else because I was getting a larger room closer to both theme parks with. And again, we'll get to dining, too, with a wider selection of dining options for less money that I would often spend at. Even sometimes a Disney value resort, depending on the time of year that I came. She also asks, how do you get to the hotel if you can't use Magical Express, which, as we also know, is going to be going away at the end of the year. So this sort of becomes a bit of a non-issue, you know, Uber, Lyft, any of those car services from the airport um, are, are so relatively inexpensive. They're so easy getting out of of um, MCO and right into your own car. And I, Becky, I've always liked the ability, like you're so anxious to get to your resort and it it's almost torture. I'm sorry, we need to stop at five other resorts first. Right. You just want to get there. So um, I always, I never mind just sort of paying for, uh, uh, I'm more of an Uber guy than a Lyft guy. Yeah, but there's also town cars that are in the area too. If you're supporting the the businesses that are uh, trying to operate in Orlando, which actually can be pretty reasonable, um, getting a one way transfer can cost as little as seventy dollars plus tax to get you one way, and that's a guy coming in and helping you with your luggage too, which is really helpful, and not waiting in that Uber or Lyft line or, or waiting out there looking for um, for which which of the twenty. Uh, cars that have an Uber sign on the window is yours. Uh, Also, while Magic Express is going away at the end of the year, we've also heard that Mirrors is actually going to come out with a replacement service that is going to pretty much be Magical Express without being free. So I have a feeling that uh, because it's not going to be a free service, that uh, they may actually incorporate Swan and Dolphin possibly because it is Mirrors. All right. Now the important question, she says, how is dining? And we can, (laughs) and I have done shows, multiple shows about the Swan and Dolphin. I'll link to them in the show notes or just do a search in your podcast app. But Swan and Dolphin have a, a huge variety of lounges, quick service, casual locations, as well as signature dining. And I think, and I've said this for 15 years Swan and Dolphin has some of the best restaurants in yeah. all of Walt Disney World, period. No qualifiers. Shula's Steakhouse, Il Molino is some of the best Italian food you're going to find mm-hmm. in Orlando. Kimono's has the best sushi. That's it. Put a period yeah. there. It has the best sushi. Yeah, California Grill, I'm looking at you. And Todd English's Blue Zoo, BB before Boathouse was my favorite restaurant <laughs> anywhere. There's also the Garden Grove, which has a, a character meal for breakfast. The uh, Cabanas Fountain has an amazing buffalo chicken salad and one of the best hamburgers. What on property? What? Yeah. Really? Fresh Mediterranean Market, the Splash Pool Bar and Grill. Last time I stayed there, I ate there every day because they have like a tuna poke bowl, which is amazing. They also have the Peekaboo Buffeteria, which I believe is still the only 24-hour dining location in all of Walt Disney World. Which is really helpful. Chill, Java. There's also all the restaurants have lounges. Finn's in Becky. We're going to go one day. Finn's in the lobby has this 
these four different Bloody Marys that are like oh, this right. big. They're huge and they're all They're meals. Because they have food. <laughs> There's one inspired by Shula's, one that has sushi from kimonos, blue zoo. Oh, it's so good. It's so you good. You know, I was with you on the whole blue zoo train until they got rid of that. Remember the cocktail that was bubblegum and it had the the um the comic that the what was that thing called? No, the bazooka. A bazooka. Joe. The bazooka yes. Joe. Yeah, and then yeah. I, the last time that you and I were there together, actually, I'm like, I want my bazooka Joe. And they said, we took it off the menu. They do change so their menu seasonally. And I that, will say. That broke my little heart. The miso glazed Miro still remains one of the best things I've ever put in my mouth. And then they came out with the Cantonese lobster and <laughs> good Gandhi. That's, that's amazing. So we need and, to go there too. When you come back. Just make the list because. I, I apparently am going to need to lose need to about be 50 pounds months. when we get back. Yes. So exactly. Meg, I hope that helped. You said, thank you for, thank you more than ever for providing Disney magic during this time. Lifts my spirits to and from work. If you, not you, Meg, but you listener have stayed at the Swan and Dolphin. I'd love for you to share your thoughts again in the clubhouse over on Facebook. Give And Meg, check the clubhouse. We'll put this question in there so you can get some advice from others as well. Becky, I kid you not. Levi well, from Omaha says, Hi, Lou. Certainly not Becky. I'm not what? kidding. It says, what? I think, Didn't wow, you know that, that one? That hurt my ears. I apologize. <laughs> it says, Lou, my family and I are planning to take our next here. trip to Walt Disney I'm World. Here. Just I'm listen. going to be over this here. Is, this is, you can help with this one. Sure. They're planning to take their next trip to Walt Disney World in 2021 to see how the parks commemorate the 50th anniversary of their opening. I'm sure the festivities will last the entire year. I'm shaking my head no, but we'd also <laughs> like to try to make it happen when the parks are decorated for Christmas. My question is this, based on your experience with Disney Park Anniversary Celebrations, when in 2021 would you expect the parks to start and end the 50th anniversary celebration? Thanks in advance. Levi, I also have to say, you you sent me a, a much longer email and you asked me not to read some of it on air and I'm going to respect your wishes, but I do need to thank you. And I'm, I am choked up as I think about and, and read what you said, um, your incredible kind words and for trusting me to share that story with me. Uh, I sincerely appreciate you brother. So thank you for that. Um, onto your question about That's when cryptic, the celebration I'm respecting his wishes. But I he know. sent a very nice, warm, oh. heartfelt email and wetness from my eyes and whatever. <laughs> um, so when do the anniversary celebrations start and begin? Um, if, if, if Disney holds true to form, it's always been sort of the, the joke over the years that a year long Disney celebration is 18 months, right? A year is always 18 months, but we already know, Becky, that this celebration of the, can you believe, 50th anniversary is going to begin on October 1st. And I would expect it probably to run that same, you know, approximately that same time frame. But but certainly, I would think, last for an entire year. Yeah, I, I kind of expect it to at least go through October 1st, but I think it's going to go to the end of 22, at least. It, it just seems like it's too big of a deal 
not to really uh, get your, your most bang for the buck of, out of that celebration. Um, and, and especially after what we've all been through over the past year and the, the things that have been missed and um, the celebrations they haven't been able to have. Uh, I, I think that they're going to make the most of, of what they can. And, but you say the word 50th and it just makes me cringe a little bit because I was there for the 25th. So this is wrong on so many levels. I was there was for possible? the first, you know, I was like, <laughs> I was there in November 71. So all of a sudden I'm like, wow, Disney and I are both, you know, we're up, but you're, you're getting up there, bud. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> uh, the old, and look, I know you didn't ask um, for this Levi, but obviously, and I, and as of right now, and I believe this is going to change as we start to get closer reservations are going to be very, very important. Um, I know as of right now, Magic Kingdom reservations for the first specifically are already full. And I wonder how, you know, in that sort of first week or two weeks, how the reservation system uh, and the crowd levels might be. But, um, you know, I, I think it. We, we think about 50 years, we think about Magic Kingdom, but I certainly do expect, although we haven't heard any details, for this anniversary to be celebrated in all of the parks and mm -hmm. around all the resorts. And even despite the, the, the setbacks from the pandemic, maybe even more so, they're going to make a bigger deal of this than they have for anything in the past. Yeah. And I would expect that. And I, and I actually hope so. I, I think we all need to get back to a little merriment at this point. And uh, like you said, I, I expect it to be in all the, all the parks, especially with Epcot, we know that um, Ratatouille is going to be opening up on that same day on October 1st. So there's going to be a lot of happiness going on over there. Um, I, I think we're going to have a lot to celebrate by that point. And to your point about not waiting, um, same thing with hotel reservations. As of right now, they have been going pretty quickly. The rates are kind of high at this point. However, they might come down later on if they do run some sort of promotion. So I would really advise if you plan to be there during October, November, especially um, if you're looking to see the, the, the Christmas festivities as well, that November, December time period, don't wait, uh, grab your, your hotel reservations, put the deposit down. It's fully refundable up until final payment. So if you find that you need to change uh, or, or move it around, or if it was just totally out of budget and they did not have a, an offer to bring the price down, you can cancel and get your money back. But I would highly recommend that if you're thinking about going uh, at, at the end of this year or early into next year, uh, get that reservation in place. And, and then you've got it in case you want to take advantage of it. You know what? Um, I do want to. I want to share one part that I don't think he, he is going to mind. Um, he said, uh, "My wife, son, and I are avid listeners of the podcast. We listen to it on every errand, run through town while listening on the patio and relaxing, doing yard work or preparing dinner at home." He says, "My son is a picky eater, and listening to your son Nicholas try exciting new foods and be able to articulate how the flavors pop like he's Remy and Ratatouille." has helped us to inspire our son to broaden his taste horizons. Thank you, Nicholas. I'm, I'm choked up at that. I, I love that. Nick I, is your kid. Nick yeah. is definitely your kid. It's it's all about the food. And yeah. You know what's <laughs> funny, cool. and, and I will never let them know this, but and forgive me if I've if I've said this before, but as a parent, we chronicle the the growth and maturation of our kids, 
you know, by report cards and and class photos and and artwork on the refrigerator. And I have been so blessed and fortunate to have been able to incorporate them on the show because mm-hmm. I am going to be able to at some point, and more importantly, they and their kids will hopefully be able to go back in some point and hear the, de- I'm choked up again, hear <laughs> how they have literally matured over time, not just in their voices, mm-hmm. but what they say, how they describe things, what their interests are. Uh, and I and I do love, and part of the reason why I read that was because part of the reason why I, I have my kids on the show is for multiple reasons. And it's not because, you know, I'm trying to, you know, just trot my kids out there, but I want them to be involved in what I do so that they can see what it is that I do. I want you, the listener, to know that this is completely family friendly. And if you have kids that are listening, that they hear, literally hear a voice that is someone that they can understand and relate to as well. So I, I love the fact that that they've had a positive impact. Um, yeah. Too. And, and from my 30,000 foot level, I've got to watch them grow from uh, being on Disney Cruise Line, where I got to bribe them to to behave, <laughs> to sleeping on your wife's um, uh, lap underneath the the table in, in Disney Cruise when we were. <laughs> so seeing them go from <clears throat> from as they were they were growing up and all the travels that we've done to now participating in the show and and being as so mindful of of and being able to express. Uh, what they're doing to everybody else. I, I, I'm kind of proud of them too. Yeah. It's been, I've been, I've been and I don't have to bribe them anymore. So that's awesome. So, <laughs> and we can put them to work. More. It costs a lot more now. To, than it did See, but we, we get to put them to work now. And so that, that's actually even better. <laughs> um, all right. So you'll see why this one piqued my interest again. I'm, I'm thinking about you, Becky. Aaron Schisler says, I'm just wondering if you can get, the Oga's Cantina drinks anywhere outside the cantina. I've got good news and I've got bad news. And the good I, news I, is I really would, I only have bad news. Because yeah, they, they say, are exclusive. Yeah, yeah, they're exclusive to the cantina, which I like. You know, the same way I like, you know, as difficult as it is sometimes to get there, I like that there are certain things that are exclusive to Disneyland or Tokyo or Paris. I like the fact that these drinks exist only in that world as difficult as it is to get in there sometimes. Okay. I can, I, I completely agree with you that the, the land, cause you have to go to the planet to, to go partake in this wonderful bounty of, of cocktails. However, it would be nice to have like a, a to go, to go window <laughs> just so, so you can walk up and if you can get blue and green milk at a, you know, this at a station and walk around, why not? You know, I want my fuzzy tauntaun. Do you, I was going to say, do you have a favorite drink there? Fuzzy tauntaun is, is fuzzy my favorite tauntaun? drink. Yeah, it, it really is. It, it's, it's just so weird how you, how that, uh, the, the stuff, the foam on the, on the top and you get that on your tongue and everything kind of goes numb for a minute and you don't know why. And it's, it's kind of fun, but I, I do like the taste of that drink. It's one of my favorites. I actually like, I, I like the non-alcoholic cliff dweller. Uh, I like the coconut and the, the citrus and the ginger ale and that, um, it's got this like, hibiscus grenadine in it. <laughs> I yes, might have Becky. to try one of those non-alcoholic ones. <laughs> Did you ever <laughs> have the secret menu item there? 
I did not. Did you know that I, there is a secret menu item there? I did know that there was a secret menu. I don't know what the secret menu items are because I have not had a chance to try them. There is a secret. You can and you could just go and, and ask what the secret menu is, but I'll tell you, it's called a bloody rancor. Ew. <laughs> and it has Ew. Tito's vodka, uh, okay. a, a chile liqueur, and Bloody Mary mix topped with this rancor. They call it like a rancor bone. And it looks like it's a rancor bone and it's made out of a meringue. Oh, weird. Yes. It's okay. weird. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I pulled up a, a picture of it that looks there like you, go. you would have from Flintstones. There you go. <laughs> All right. So this one says, and this is why I'm reading it says, Hi, Lou. And of course, Becky. Thank you. You're welcome. I feel better now. I feel... I, I... <laughs> this one is signed Becky's husband. No, this is from Allie. Wow. This is from Allie. It says, I heard a story about Liberty Square and not trusting the Wild West that is the internet. Smart move. I wanted to fact check with you. I heard that Liberty Square moves forward in time from Haunted Mansion to your side, to your side, to the side by Frontierland, and that the numbers over the doors reflect the year if you place an 18 in front of them. Additionally, it was reported that the hinges on the window shutters are different on each building according to the time period it represents. It wouldn't surprise me for for it wouldn't surprise me for Disney to go this deep in its storytelling, but it also could just be internet internet folklore like the frozen head of Walt Disney. What's the real <laughs> scoop? Help me, Luby Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. <laughs> Hugs I need Allie. that on a shirt. Sorry. <laughs> Allie first hugs right. God, I can't wait for hugs to come back. Yeah. Um, hugs right back to you. So I will tell you that most of what you said is actually true. The story of Liberty Square really does begin as you cross from the old world into the new, from fantasy land into the new world in the harbors of the Northeast of what was becoming and growing into America. And, and you do move forward in time as you move through to Frontierland. Additionally, the the hinges on the shutters aren't necessarily, they, they, they are different, but a lot, you'll see that a lot of the shutters hang. And that is because pre-Revolutionary War and during the Revolutionary War, as the um, the colonists were, were struggling to try and get um, metal for munitions, they literally had to take the hinges off of the shutters and use them and melt them down to make musket balls. So they tied the hinges on with leather belt. And if you look very carefully, the leather, obviously over time and in weather, it starts to stretch. And that's why the shutters hang a little bit because the, the uh, attention to detail is that incredibly specific. Liberty Square, I will tell you, uh, was... A, over time became one of my favorite lands in all of Magic Kingdom because it is so replete with details. And I learned more about American history there than I did, I'm sorry, school, than I did growing up as a kid. And forgive the incredibly shameless plug, but I talk about all of these stories in my audio tours of Magic Kingdom, including Liberty Square. They're all available, by the way, on the WW Radio site for just $10 at www.radio.com. You can also get them. You can also buy them from Amazon and Apple Music as well. So I walk that's, with you through Liberty Square. That's very cool. Three-dimensional binaural sounds of Liberty Square behind you. 
I was going to say, I, I that's how I learned about the River of Pooh, was all from your... <laughs> Don't give away the River of Pooh, it's the joke, it's, it's the only joke I've got. It's, it's... Oh my God. Well, the, the fact that you learned more about United States history from that as opposed to your school makes me... It's a slight exaggeration, but I will say, maybe I had more fun learning about okay. American history. Oh, I'll buy that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the nuns to get mad at me. I'm still I'm still slightly uh, afraid. Um, and I do, I miss Liberty at the tavern. I miss, I, I love them. You have a lot there. to come back to. I to, have a lot to, to come back you to. You have a lot to come I back know. to. All right, let's just knock out a couple of other questions Really quickly, um, dear Becky, dear Becky and Lou. Oh, this person is my favorite person ever. Calm down. It says on Sorry. our last Disney cruise, <laughs> we bought a placeholder for our next uh-huh. future cruise. Yay! Would we still be able to use a travel agency? Oh, let's say like MEI and Mouse Fan Travel to book our next cruise and flights, or are we on our own? Also. Our last cruise was Star Wars, and we're hoping to do a Marvel one this time. <gasps> Which one do you like better and why? We've done the wonder and the fantasy so far. Really love the fantasy, both Western and Caribbean. That comes from Darren in Maine. Darren, I'm going to take your questions in reverse order. As you've done the Star Wars Day at Sea, and you're hoping to do a Marvel Day at Sea, Which do you like better and why? I will say it. I've said it before. I will say it again. That other than Alaska, which is, it's a cruise. It's in its own special category. My favorite cruise ever has been Marvel Day at Sea. I said it while I was on the ship. I continue to say it now. And I have done, I've been fortunate to do a lot of different Disney cruises. I think Marvel is spectacular. It is why, and I don't, and I did not mean this to sound like a plug, but I'm going to. It is why we are doing a Marvel Day at Sea group cruise, February 5th through the 10th, 2022, out of Miami, five days, including all the amazing things that a Marvel Day at Sea cruise has, including stops at Georgetown, Grand Cayman, Castaway Key. We also have exclusive meetups, hotel specials, group dining, shore excursions. Becky and I have been planning some surprises and more. And you can be part of that group by booking through mousefantravel.com. Again, Star Wars, my favorite, sorry, Marvel, I like more than I like the Star Wars Day at Sea cruise. Becky, you can give your thoughts on Marvel versus Star Wars. And can, because they have a placeholder, are they still able to use a travel agency to book their cruise and flights? Disney Cruise Line has some good news and some bad news. <laughs> Disney Cruise Line does allow you to transfer a placeholder. However, they'll only allow you to do that if you've within 30 days of booking the transfer, or sorry, booking the placeholder. So if you book the placeholder on board and you get off the ship and you discover uh, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel is available to you for this wonderful cruise on Marble Day at Sea, then you could have transferred it within those 30 days. However, we know that no one has sailed within 30 days at this point. So you probably have, have had that placeholder for a while. So my advice would be that one you're, you're going to have to use and, and book direct with Disney Cruise Line. Um, if you want to join us on the Marvel Day at Sea, just contact us and use your placeholder for a different sailing later on. Um, 
I have done the Star Wars and I'm pretty excited about that. I did enjoy the the theming and I did enjoy the um, everybody dressing up. That was fantastic. Uh, but I am a Marvel girl. So, and Thor is going to be on boards. So, you know, you Don't can't really weird. go wrong Don't there. Make it weird. <laughs> but you came back and said how much you enjoyed it and that that was your favorite cruise ever besides Alaska. So there's a high bar here and people have returned and talked about that experience on a Marvel day at sea cruise. So I have high expectations and I really think it's going to be my favorite um, uh, of the themed cruises. Once we return, it is remarkably well done um, from every, and I'm not going to spoil it, but from everything that happens on board to the (laughs) way they cap off that night, um, Please, if you can, don't go and watch my video of the final show because I want you to see it with your own eyes. The The show that takes place on deck to cap off Marvel Day at Sea is one of, if not the best stage show I have seen Disney put on at sea, on land, period. It's that good, full of surprises. That's a high bar. In- incredibly, incredibly well-produced. You don't need to be the biggest Marvel fan in the world to get the most out of a Marvel Day at Sea Cruise. If you've watched one episode of WandaVision or you sat there while your kids were watching Avengers, you're in because it is... It is literally, and I don't want to sound like a commercial, but it it is fun for every age in the family. And we're all looking forward to you dressing up as Spider-Man, too. That's going to be fantastic. Uh, Why should this one be any different than the last one? This is true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when you showed up in the the Spider-Man outfit on the Star Wars cruise, we kind of did wonder about that, but you were just foreshadowing. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Don't don't judge. Listen, those (laughs) those underoos, I have to get my whatever. All right, let's one quick question just to finish things off, because I saw a word in there that caught my eye. Sean Stubbs says, first of all, love the podcast. My entire family has been listening for years. Thank you. Now I have a question. My family is considered considering dining at Topolino's Terrace for breakfast. The question is, are you allowed to order more than one entree? Sean, Sean Stubbs, this is my favorite question <laughs> ever. Of course you can. The answer is a resounding yes. Look, how else can you test all of them without ordering more than one? However, just remember one thing, Sean, as long as we're talking about cruises. Unlike cruises, you have to pay for each one that you order. So, you know, judge judge accordingly. And if you need help, I'm, I'm just a quick phone call away. Yeah, I think a lot of people uh, think that Topolino's is a uh, is a buffet where you or, you know, you can walk up and just get everything that you want, but no, yeah, you do have to I mean, pay can. for each you one. We certainly it. can. Absolutely. And it still stands as my favorite character breakfast right now. I, I love it. I, I adore the quiche. I, I think that the, the quiche dish is my favorite and you bet when I come back, that's going to be one of the places that I return to because I miss that. And the bread or the, the pastries, yeah. Oh, just the, I shouldn't have that much pastries right now, but no, it's, 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 it's so carb, good. Carb, you can like, you can motor through that in 10 minutes all by yourself if you had to. And look, it, it's Topolino's is one of those restaurants that you need to visit for breakfast and for dinner. 
because they're two very mm-hmm. different experiences. And I think the dinner, I, I've said it a thousand times, that okay. chicken we're making We are making a dinner reservation. You're going to order your, your chicken thing. I'll order the steak and we will split them. No, 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 no. This is where it's oh, going to go down. I'm going to order the chicken rigatoni. You're mm-hmm. going to order something else and we're going to get a steak and split it. How much do you think I can eat in a day? <laughs> a I'm going to be polite and not food. answer that, but I've cruised with you before. <laughs> hey! <laughs> you your, come on, you set yourself up for it. No, that's only for like the three tuna towers that I had to have <laughs> because right. those tuna towers are freaking amazing. You cruise just for the tuna towers and right, and the strawberry soup. Well, listen, we only we only live once <laughs> and, and life is too short not to be enjoyed and savored. So... Listen, you want stretchy pants. That's two, what stretchy pants were made for. You want two entrees for breakfast. You want three tuna towers for di- dinner. You go live your life. And uh, if it makes you happy and doesn't hurt anybody else, then I say go and do it. So, <laughs> Becky, these are always fun. We have so many. I had so many other emails prepared and ready to go. And uh, these are always a lot of fun. And to as do. usual, we've gone way over gone time over. and we've got a hundred more left and we just need to do these more often. We will. We will. We will. And uh, and when I get there, buddy, you, that American Express had better have a lot of room on it. Just just so you know. I'm, just I hope prepared. you're talking to your own wallet because... <laughs> 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 Haven't you missed me enough to, I, to, I to make you up for all these? You fly, you buy. Isn't, <laughs> you it, isn't, isn't it? When you get here, we're going to have to go to all these. What? We have like 10 places that we have to go to out of the 400 that you've said over time that we need to go back to. Yes, we will. Yeah, yeah. we will. Clearly. And of course... <laughs> Uh, if you have a question you'd like us to answer on the show, you can just email me, lou at wdwradio.com. And of course, don't forget, as you are starting to hopefully plan for your next Walt Disney World or Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line vacation, you want to come with us on a Marvel Day at Sea cruise, you can visit Becky and her team of amazing agents over at MEI and MouseFanTravel.com. Takumatai. Can I just say the word that I like to say? You always if you want to offend an entire nation of people oh, in Japan, wow. then knock yourself out. <laughs> oh, Dear wow. Japan, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sign Lou Mangello. <laughs> I'm in so much trouble right now. Yes. Yes. Um, we are available to you to book your Disney vacation or, or your cruise which is coming back sooner rather than later we are so close to actually seeing ships back in the water again so that's another one boys and girls if you're thinking about cruising disney or any other line that is probably the one um, vacation destination that is selling fast and the rates are actually increasing rather than staying steady because people are really missing being on a ship and uh yeah Disney Cruise Line already released most of their or a good portion of their 2022. We're still waiting on one very special ship to be announced and um, learn about all what's going on with her soon. However, all the other ships, all the other itineraries are booking now and it is filling up fast. Awesome. And you can find out more, get a free new obligation quote at uh, mousefantravel.com. And Becky promises to pronounce your name correctly, which is nice, too. Unlike Takumi Tay, she promises to pronounce your name correctly. <laughs> it took you like 12 years to get my name correct. <laughs> so, 
So back off, would you? <laughs> and I, and, and I'll tell you what. When you take me there for the makeup dinner that you stood me up for, then I will say it correctly. All right. Becky, On that note. <laughs> your first trip that you you show up at Walt Disney World, you just uh-huh. get off your plane. In the perfect world, where would you go and eat first? Anywhere on property. Teppanyaki. <laughs> you, know, you know me. You know that is my favorite meal ever. Um, however, well, the Topolino steak. The, how do you pronounce the name of that restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> the teppanyaki place. Um, <laughs> Dear Japan. Um, Dear Japan. Or... This is Lou again. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry again. No, Becky hasn't been to Japan enough. She needs to return <laughs> two or three more times to make sure to get all this correct. FYI. Yes. <laughs> Clearly, we need to return there as well. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, I'll go back. The, the dinner at Topolino would, would probably be up there, too, I think. Yeah. It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details in what you see, hear, taste, or remember. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. And this week's trivia contest is brought to you by Sideshow Collectibles, where you can let your Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars sideshow with limited edition collectible figures, statues, art, jewelry, replicas, clothes, and so much more. I personally love and have some items from Sideshow, and some of the scale model replicas are the best and most detailed I've seen anywhere. You can browse through the entire collection by going to wdwradio.com sideshow. And if you want to save $15 off of your first order, all you need to do is sign up for their free newsletter. Now, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I took you over to Disney Springs, actually Pleasure Island, because I asked you to tell me what current Disney Springs location was once the home of the Comedy Warehouse when that area was known as Pleasure Island. Now, this question brought up a lot of great memories for me, and I know from some of your answers, some of you as well. And I want to thank you and everyone who entered and knew that the answer was the Comedy Warehouse. So if you remember back when this area was Pleasure Island, This was a nightclub that had an improv comedy troupe and Carol Stein, the piano lady, was there doing improv musical comedy as well. They had a hilarious parody show called Forbidden Disney that really attracted not just tourists, but a lot of locals who were like Adventures Club return guests every single week. Unfortunately, this and many other clubs closed on September 27th, 2008. And if you think back, the Edison used to be the Adventures Club. Maria and, and Enzo's was the Neon Armadillo and then was also BET Soundstage. Comedy Warehouse was STK. Wine Bar George was Fuego by Sosa Cigars. Morimoto Asia was my favorite, Mannequin's Dance Palace. The Boathouse, which is now my current favorite, was Motion. Before that, it was the Wild Horse Saloon. And before that, it was the Fireworks Factory, which had amazing barbecue. Raglan Road was at one point the Pleasure Island Jazz Company, although when it first opened, it was Merriweather's Market Restaurant. 
Jock Lindsay's is where the Rock and Roll Beach Club was, and at one point that was the XZFR Rock and Roller Dome. And the Art of Shaving and Sunook stores is a location of one of my other favorite locations in all of Pleasure Island. It was 8-Tracks, sort of the retro dance club, and before that was Videopolis and Cage. So a little bit of history on Pleasure Island and its transition to Disney Springs. Anyway, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing for a brand new, I just got these in, WDW Radio pin and acrylic keychain, and last week's winner, randomly selected, is... Melissa Tan. So, Melissa, congratulations. You use the online form, so I have your shipping address and we'll get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, this week, I'm going to give you a where in the world have you heard this question, inspired by my former career and life as an attorney. So, all you need to do is tell me where in Walt Disney World have you heard Think of all the tiny lawsuits. Just tell me who said that and where. You have until Sunday, April 25th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there, and again, this week you're going to play for a new WW Radio pin and keychain. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week and spending and sharing your time with me. Please continue to be part of the community and conversation by joining the clubhouse at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. It is our fun, family-friendly, very welcoming, drama-free community over on Facebook. You can also connect with me on social. I'm at Lou Mangiello on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and if you have a question for an upcoming show, just email me, lou at www.radio.com. If you have a comment about anything we talked about this week, want to say hello from the parks or even one of the earlier podcast episodes, you can call the voicemail. be heard on the air at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. In addition to the podcast, please join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WW Radio Live. It's our live video broadcast and chat. Now, not just on Facebook, but also on YouTube as well. You can watch on Facebook in the WW Radio Clubhouse, also on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash WW Radio, and on YouTube at youtube.com slash WW Radio. Each week, we talk about this week's podcast, my Disney Plus Pick of the Week contest, your questions, and then I often am out live from the parks as well. Again, that's every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Speaking of Disney+, Plus, if you've been watching The Falcon and the Winter Soldier and or you're getting excited for some of the new titles coming up in the next couple of weeks and months, including Loki, I invite you to be part of our spoiler support group where you can talk about spoilers from Falcon and Winter Soldier in a fun, safe environment, unless you don't like spoilers. Again, go to www.radio.com slash spoilers. It'll take you right to the spoiler support group. Speaking of group and community and family, I want to thank some of the new and longtime members of the WW Radio Nation family. I sincerely appreciate your friendship and your support, and I love being able to give back to you each month with monthly scavenger hunts, care packages from Walt Disney World, live video group calls, and lots more. I want to welcome some new friends into the family, including Kevin Outs, Joey Mayfield-Stewart, Sherry Ross, Laura Christian, Gina Flacco, and Crystal Hudson. 
if you want to find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar a month. And don't forget that a portion of your contribution does go to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Thanks to you, we have raised more than $450,000 to send children with life-threatening illnesses and their families to Walt Disney World for some of the magic when they need it most. Again, to find out more and to join the nation, visit www.radio.com support. If I can help you turn what you love into what you do, turn your passion into your profession, or speak to your conference, business, or school, please visit lumangelo.com. Find out all the different ways that I might be able to help you. Thanks, as always, to Becky and the entire team at MouseFan Travel. Once again, you can visit them over at mousefantravel.com. And most importantly, thanks to you. The show could not happen without you and your support and your friendship. And all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let other people know about it by tweeting out a link to this week's or your favorite episodes, sharing it on Facebook, on your profile, or your favorite Disney group. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Am Gresh, who says, best show ever. I'm now listening to that in my comic book guy voice from The Simpsons in my head. He says, I've been a listener for about five years now, which is crazy to think. I stumbled upon the show back in high school. I'm now a senior in college, which is awesome. It's amazing how much I've learned from the show, and the WW Radio family is awesome also, Tim Foster, you're the bomb.com. Shellmaster says, wow, I absolutely love listening to Lou. Haven't been to Disney in over a year because of the pandemic, and Lou almost makes it feel like I'm there walking with him on his recent podcast, touring the Magic Kingdom in Epcot. I was glued to my phone watching. Keep up the good work, and please have little Timmy Foster on. This is a Timmy Foster love fest. Love hearing you guys together. And follower of the one true God says, choose the good, simply the best Disney podcast, period. Lou's podcast, blog, community are the standards of excellence for all things Disney. His vast knowledge and understanding and insight on the Disney destinations is expertly and beautifully articulated through the podcast, site, and online communities. He's a Disney fan like us, you better believe it, and injects his own personal feelings and magical memories into the stories, interviews, advice, and much more, and his genuine love and sentimentality for the happiest place on earth spills over into everything he does, and his passion is contagious. Whether you're planning a trip, looking for insider information, interested in the history, or just need a little bit of a Disney pick-me-up, between stays, look no further than WW Radio. You'll definitely learn and gain so much more of an appreciation of the Disney parks, shows, Imagineers, you name it. You found your Disney podcast. So thankful to have found the show and community Follower of the one true God, Shellmaster and Amgresh, I am the one who is grateful to and for you. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave a review. Again, if you want to leave a review, just go to www.radio.com slash iTunes or search for WW Radio in Apple Podcasts. Finally, most importantly, I hope that the show has brought and will continue to bring a little bit of not just Disney magic, but positivity into your day, into your life, into your week, and maybe inspires you to not only be more positive, but to spread that good to others, to choose the good, find the good in everything that you do and everyone you encounter, and to spread that positivity. I think we need it now more than ever, and you have the ability and maybe the responsibility to not just choose the good, but to be the good for others as well. And if there's any way that I can show my appreciation to say thank you to you and help you, please reach out to me and let me know. I hope to see you next week. I hope to see you this week on Wednesday night on Facebook or YouTube for WW Radio Live. So until next time, I hope that this is your best week ever. See ya. Hi, Lou and WGW Radio family. It is Elizabeth from Massachusetts. And I just finished listening to your latest episode 
about the best things to do at night. Um, and I actually the other day listened to the Vero Beach one, which I cannot wait to eventually get down there. Um, and they hold had location just to explore some different places. Um, but some things about the nighttime. I just love in general how, um, and I know that Disney is sort of designed to do this, but it becomes a different and a completely unique experience at night no matter where you are. Um, I cannot wait to take the Skyliner at night now. I'm realizing I've never done that, um, and that would be really cool, like you guys recommended. Um, and another thing is um, my favorite place to be in the dark at Disney or at night is the new Fantasyland. So, like, the section, you know, after you go through those gates and you sort of enter this, like, theoretical forest. So, as if you're walking across that bridge to the Beast Castle and then beyond to the Little Mermaid section that then connects to uh, Storybook Circus. So, but I, yeah, I just think it's really immersive. You feel like you're actually in a forest. Um, I love the, like, firefly nighttime technique. Um, I've always just thought it's cool. So that's one of my favorite places to be at night in Disney World. Um, Yeah, great show as always. Hope everyone's doing well. Um, Stay positive, be kind, um, and be magical. I will talk to you all soon. Bye. Where is my limo? Good. Okay, come on, guys. Please, get in the car. Sorry, folks. We gotta go. Chris, can you grab my black Les Paul?